Cesar. What's up, what's up? We'll open it up with this question from the weekend. A ver. I heard Carlos Vela talking about this, coining the term la paranina. I don't really like how that sounds, but... Um, it just has to be Brazilian, though. Yeah, right? But the stopping before kicking the penalty, right, in the motion, you're supposed to have a smooth motion, but players have been doing it more and more where they run and they kind of do a stutter step almost or kind of hesitation, and then right, right. they let the keeper shift their weight, sometimes even make a full decision, and then they kick it the... Hopefully the other way, right? Neymar does it a lot. Neymar does it. Raul Jimenez, I think, has kind of mastered it. Yeah. I think he rarely misses. I think he's only missed like one or two PKs in his career. What's his name? Jorginho. Jorginho famously missed two against, I think, two against Sommer from Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And then the final, the Euro final, he missed also. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get your, uh, your opinion. You're a keeper. You get to face those. Your kids face those as a coach, right? And you and you have that experience as the keeper. What do you think? Do you like that they're... Are you okay with them being able to do that? Do you think that should be completely banned? Do you think it's a good tactic? What are your thoughts on it? It's interesting because I've had to face those, mm-hmm. and it really comes down to just holding to the last second. Because PKs at the end of the day, they're hard to save in general. So I, I think this is just part of the forwards or whoever's taking the PK. It's part of the tactics. Kind of you have to adapt to it. Just because they take it away doesn't mean we're going to save more Yeah, as goalies. So it just it just it is what it is. And I don't mind it personally because it's just part of the game right now. It is slightly harder, I guess. Mm-hmm. But Does it piss you off? The way I take my my PKs, the way I approach them, is all mind games for me. As a keeper? As a keeper. Okay. Like, I start, like, playing mind games on the defenders. And I, as soon the as attack, I... The shooter. Or the shooter, yeah. Yeah. And then you can smell the... The anxiety, the fear. Their fear the anxiety. Yeah. And then you, you grab on that and you just take it until yeah. right up until the moment they take the pk yeah and it makes it easier for you i think that's more impactful than taking away this barinina or whatever it is have you have you had the experience where you totally get caught by it yeah like yeah because yeah. i i think one point that you really brought up one good point that you brought up is that you have to hold right yeah if you can hold i think you have a very good chance to stop it because the way that the player is set up they don't have that full dexterity, that flexibility to be able to put it in the corner top bins. Right. They have to kind of just place it, hoping that it's the side that the keeper's not at. But if you yeah. hold, they don't have that that oomph to get it fast, right? So you right. can get to it pretty quick. Um, but have you have to do that? You have to know that that player is it's the type good. of player that does that, exactly. Which fam- which professional players do because sometimes they have it written on paperwork or the player famously does it, right? Um, have you gotten caught like slipping? Yeah, and yeah. I've got gotten caught. You know, it looks diving. frustrating. It looks very frustrating. Yeah, and then it's it's extremely frustrating whenever somebody takes it like that. But again, like it's just part of the game right now. So, in my opinion, I don't. It just is what it is. You just kind of have to try your best. Yeah, you're already at, at a disadvantage when you're a goalie. For for context, the reason why I asked the question, what I mentioned earlier, Cristian Tello from, uh, used to play for Barcelona, played for Real Betis, now is at LAFC, 
congrats to them for being champions. But they had a uh, penalty kick shootout. And Teo was, I believe, the first one to shoot. And he did the Paranina. He stopped, like, almost, he did the little hop, mm-hmm. which there are different iterations of it. He did the little hop, try to place it. Keeper stopped it. And then in the celebration, Carlos Vela uh, was on video, and it was going pretty viral, where he looked at him and told him, like, no hagas la Paranina. Don't do la Paranina. Pégale duro. Mm-hmm. He just told him, fucking hit it hard. Right, because I think that's different schools of thought. Right, just yeah. go up to it, know where you're gonna put it, try to put it, and hope the keeper can't reach there. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or now this, I think it's a big school of thought. I think it's a group of people that like basically stutter stepping to it, right, and then seeing that little shift and then just calmly placing it. I kind of think of it as like I feel like players see it as almost like a status symbol, like that you can do it, do that. And so be close successful. to the panenka. Like, yeah, like almost like a like a, like a like Gen a, Z millennial version of the Panenka. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. <laughs> Do you want it to be taken away? No, uh, I th- no. I think it probably started off as a loophole because you can't uh, fully stop, right? But you can have like some stutter step and kind of change in acceleration, I guess, that will allow you to do it. I think players shouldn't be able to fully stop and yeah. then let the keeper move. But I think it's a good loophole. I think uh, some keepers have gotten really good at knowing when they're going to do it. And then it becomes sometimes even easier to stop it. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's just part some of good game. mind games. But Cesar, sorry to sorry to burn you on that. It's hot. Good, man. And I, I brought, brought up some probably bad times. But salud. <laughs> salud. Get it. Let's go on to some better things. I said no more trauma for you after that. You had enough trauma for today. But yeah. Welcome back folks to goal sided episode number 16, 16. I believe so. 16. Damn. These are flying. Yeah. We got super action packed. I always say we're action packed or we got a packed agenda, but we really do now we're going up against the world cup. And for some freaking reason there is so much soccer happening actual games which is scary and there's so many injuries happening Sadio Mane scary possibilities of players not making it to the World Cup but at the same time there's a whole bunch of news lineups coming out um will they won't they who got snubbed is this person gonna make it this person's on the plane but they're injured are they gonna be able to play so it's a really exciting time to be a soccer fan and we got at this point 10 days 10 days until the world cup from today uh so super excited we we got a lot to talk about uh we got the mexico friendly this week uh mexico is one of the few teams that haven't released their lineup and they're doing so mainly because raul jimenez is kind of holding that hostage uh tata martino was waiting on him and seeing if they can sneak him onto the plane and, and get him into that final roster right um the mls final congratulations to lafc the champs holding it down for la um we'll go over kind of what went on with that with the penalty kick shootout gareth bale scoring a goal some craziness there um in england my gunners we won the london derby which makes london fully red uh and leeds united 
with a couple of good games. They just lost this, uh, some good games against Liverpool, Bournemouth. Uh, in La Liga, Piqué had his last game. Didn't really do anything in it. Literally, he didn't play. Uh, so we'll get to all that stuff, all that good, good stuff. So let's start off, Cesar. Mexico. Con Mexico. Let's start with Mexico. What do you think? Uh, with their game against Iraq. Yeah. Um, what are your takeaways? My takeaways are that Tata's experimenting with Hector Herrera. Uh, he experimented with Araujo on the right side, right defender, um, instead of uh, Ajax man. Jorge Sanchez. Instead of Jorge Sanchez. And but the one thing, the caveat with this lineup was that the Europeans aren't here yet, right? Yeah. They're still playing in their local teams. But yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. Araujo out wide. Herrera in uh, the center. He did, uh, there was a rumor coming out that apparently that is the three that he wants day one. Wow. I don't know if you saw that. But I, I because he wanted more of a dynamic mid, that's who um, Tata is saying is going to be there. Uh, Luis Chavez. Uh-huh. Charlie. Uh-huh. And Herrera. We guess those two with Edson, right? Right. But um, I was reading a note that apparently Tata was really liking this lineup because he sees more dynamic play with having Ache and having three okay. kind of players that can touch and move and touch right, and move, right. right? Versus Edson, that's kind of more estancado. He has to like... Hold yeah, he's more right. of a like a destroyer. He's not really... Um, it kind of goes to what... Who was it? Schneider said about Edson that he doesn't... He's, he's not really looking forward. That Edson doesn't give those through balls, those, those direct passes. Yeah. And um, yeah, we see it with Edson being more of a destroyer, more of a like holding really in front of the two defenders. Mm-hmm more defensive compared to Achache, who is more of a creative passer who tries to find those direct balls. Um, but then you lose that defensive side. He got cut out once where he lost the ball and now the, the yeah, Iraqi was straight ahead. Edson wouldn't have, you know, lose those silly balls. So it's just, it comes down to, I guess, the opponent who you're going to play against. So against Polonia, I do see Mexico taking the initiative and having Hector Herrera there does give you more of the ball control and more of that creative, dynamic um, Mexico. So I think it, it's going to be a good switch for Poland now after seeing him against Iraq. I mean, Iraq wasn't a good uh, opponent, but, you know, if we see him, if we see that Herrera is still there against Sweden and he's does well then maybe it is a good option against poland yeah that's that's kind of the train of thought that i heard that i heard about it but yeah nestor Araujo having to play out right because apparently uh kevin alvarez was hurt uh or oh, i uh, didn't know he was nursing a knock i oh, guess okay. um so he didn't start but he did go in in the second half right. i thought he did pretty good on the other side <laughs> the, the player of the match yeah gallardo gallardo tearing it up assist goal up and down all game. We've been trolling him for like the past two or three months, but he's actually been like picking it up. Yeah, he's team. yeah he's getting back to form. Yeah, and if he gets back to the Osorio form, right? To I the, was watching the Germany against Mexico, like the full match on YouTube yesterday, and that first half, well, that whole game, Gallardo was up and down the field with Irving Lozano on that left side. Yeah, and dude. if we see a Gallardo like that for this world cup like it could be a really good addition 
Yeah. So I mean, because we had Arteaga, but Arteaga's there, and I don't think he's done anything to really say that he won't kill it mm-hmm. as well. Right. But now with some of Tata's decisions that seem kind of set in stone, apparently if Gallardo does start on that left, it doesn't look as bad as it did at first because he's starting to show up, right? And then right. if if Gallardo uh, is on the bench at first and Arteaga starts, I would feel, feel pretty confident if Gallardo does come in and sub in for him that he'll give us those 20 minutes, those 30 minutes or whatever of good play time. Right. Um, I still want Ga- uh, Arteaga there first. Yeah. For the, for, I think for more of the defensive play. And he also can attack, but I think more of the defensive side of things. Um, but uh, I, I I feel better that Gallardo is at the level yeah. that he's at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, so yeah, that was dope. He gave the assist to Alexis Vega. Alexis Vega got a goal. Really good to see him picking it up a little bit before this World Cup yeah. because he's most likely going to be that other side winger from Chucky, right, with the Catito out. Yeah. Now, what would you think of uh, was Araujo on the right side? I think it was just because the players. Yeah. I He didn't do much. It's like... When Ben White first started at Arsenal on the right, yeah. Um, at first, it's just like just not trying to get in, just trying to not get in the way. Um, but he, I mean, he did fine. Um, I, think I don't think he'll get a minute there. I I wouldn't want him there anyways. Yeah, I didn't. I feel like the right side was non-existent compared to the left side of Gallardo. Um, so. I know Salcedo was kind of like that weird right defender, right winger yeah. at um, Russia 2018, but I don't think we'll see it with that Araujo, and no. I don't think it should be that way. Uh, yeah, I think Jorge Sanchez has it locked down. I think Tata has been giving him those minutes, the starting positions, to show us that. But yeah, the right hand side was pretty non-existent. Uh, who Piojo not was not getting? Piojo. Piojo was. At first, before the game, a lot of people were saying Piojo's got that spot locked down. Lainez, goodbye. Or Orbelin, goodbye. Whoever's kind of up against him. Mm-hmm. He's one of Tata's homies and he's going to take him. But it doesn't. It didn't look like that afterwards. And we'll talk about this later. But, I mean, Lainez is killing it. Well, not killing it, but he scored yeah. so to hopefully get his ticket. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Piojo did that great. I thought Vega was really moving I thought he had some good movement. I thought he was really pushing it, which is what you need right before the World Cup. Henry Martin, I didn't see anything. Yeah, that was another issue. I felt like he didn't have any opportunity. Yeah. Any like clear cut. I the first goal he was involved in, I think he gave a good pass. He was on the, the one that gave the pass. He checked in to Gallardo. and then passed yeah. it to Gallardo. Gallardo then centered for for Vega. But yeah, that starter precision, I don't know. Who in Tata's mind is going to start, other than Raúl Jiménez? I don't. I don't fit. think um, even if he's fit, like good enough to go. I don't think he'll be the starter. I think what might be happening now is that Tata might think that Funes Mori is his guy because he got his goal right, um, yeah. and that's going to be interesting because uh, we'll see what happens against Sweden if he switches it up, if he puts Funes Mori and gives him his shot. Raul Jimenez should be getting minutes against Sweden. That's the thing. So the lineup is technically due on the 14th. Yeah. And the game against Sweden is the 16th. So technically, by that point, he's supposed to have made his decision, which is supposed to be based off of 
Raul Jimenez's practices from here till now. Mm-hmm. And he should have his 26 by that day, which would mean that Bebote would not be playing against Sweden. He wouldn't be there. Um, Maybe he'd be there, but he wouldn't be playing. Right? Yeah, yeah, he might be on... Yeah, he might be on the bench, but he won't get the minutes because the list has already been given. Right. And, uh, but you said you had a technicality. Yeah, so I think the Federación Mexicana went to FIFA and said, what's the official ruling on, let's say we take a player and then he gets injured days before the actual start of the World Cup. So he gets ruled out. Can I bring another player in? Mm-hmm. And the technicality is that, yes, you can. So they plan on holding off with Raul Jimenez turning in the list saying, all right, Raul Jimenez is good. And in Sweden, or against Sweden on Thursday, um, if he's not physically well to play that game, play 20, 30, 40 minutes, then they're going to pull him down and say, you know what? He got injured. He's not fit. We got, we bring something Jimenez in. Oh, man, that's going to be tough. And uh, the thing that makes me feel a little bit better is that apparently that that told everyone that was at risk before leaving Mexico, that they were going to Girona, knowing that they are not on the team, basically. Like, you're not you're not on the list. You have a very small chance. So let's see what happens. But Raul Jimenez is in front of you, or Funes Mori, or whoever, right, by position. But I just think that's, that's just rough, man. Like, I've seen some of the practices, and he looks okay in some, and others he looks not okay. Um, well, he's been shooting, and he's been running doing small sided things but he's not full tempo and that's the thing it's it uh, i think it's going to be interesting to see is he going to be is the threshold he has to reach full tempo is Uh the threshold he has to meet enough to play through pain um if he can play through pain are they bringing him for game two game three and hoping that first game he just doesn't play just throw it out the window and he rests Mm mm-hmm because I can see all those things kind of taking play, right? I can see, I can see but as well. Yeah. If that is the case, then you go a game where your only option are the two that you have at your disposal. You don't have that third person to game plan with, and I think that's just really tough. Yeah, but it's not that you know. It's just. Hey, yes. I mean, that that's some. Um, I think I, I saw people talking about it for the U.S. this way too. I think it makes sense for the Mexico team. When it gets this close to the the World Cup, people kind of drop all their doubts, right? And they just kind of align towards like, okay, yeah, the team is fucked, but like, they're gonna do okay. They're gonna do great. Maybe we'll get past, and we'll they they you start having this these kind of like hopes of something greater, even though there aren't things aligned that make you feel that way. And I think. It, things are kind of falling that way with Gallardo doing better, right? Antuna scoring a PK, Funes Mori scoring one, Alexis Vega, um, Diego Lainez scoring with Braga today. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's getting to that time where it's just like you know what, just drop shit and just fucking feel good about what's happening, and hopefully they move on, they yeah. move forward, and then it's it's a toss up at that point. Yeah. We'll see what happens when they turn in that list. What do you think of uh, Diego Lainez scoring today? Do you see his goal? Yeah, I saw his goal. I mean, it's good. A little wall pass? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it helps his confidence, but it's just hard when you have players who go long periods of time without scoring goal. 
and now because he just scored a goal, he's like on top of the world. He should be a starter or something like that. Yeah. I think it has to be proportionate. It has to be like mindful of what he's been doing. And yeah, he scored a goal. El Bebote has scoring goals and he's not in. Yeah. So it's just. But there's, I think there's different criteria for Bebote people. Uh, Tata came out and said that it's because he doesn't have like quality minutes. Mm-hmm. But like to, you, you could make that argument. Well, he's scoring hella goals in the few minutes that he has. Yeah. Right. For Linus, I did see an interview where, uh, or uh, Gibran Araje was uh, apparently asked him like, hey, 80th minute. You're saying right now, Piojo Alvarado is one option. Linus is another. Yeah. 80th minute, 0-0 against Saudi Arabia. Who do you put in? Yeah. And he's and he didn't say who, but apparently he had been talking up Piojo Alvarado that whole interview. And then he's like, that's why I don't have my mindset. Yeah. And it's because there's not a single person on that Mexico roster that you would want going in with 10 minutes left. Like that can just switch up the game more than Diego Linus. Cause there's yeah. nobody with the same characteristics that he has on that, on that roster. Um, and I think that that's really coming in uh, into that zone to know that. And I think today's goal might just be that little spark of reminder for push. it. Yeah. That little push. Um, I do think even apart from his goal, I would have put Diego Linus in at that 80th minute to say, here, go do what you can do. Oh, totally. Knowing Linus yeah. over Piojo Alvarado. 1,000%. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So then that would put, if Diego Linus goes in, Piojo Alvarado goes home. Yeah. Rumors is Jesus Angulo goes home. Eric Sanchez goes home. But something That's in me. Chiquito Sanchez, right? Chiquito. Something, yeah. makes, something in me makes me think that there is a little bit of of a drama switch last minute, like Greg Berhalter with his with his cats, that will tell us that Tata this whole time had in his back pocket that Romo was going to go home instead of Chiquito Sanchez. That'd be insane. But I think it's worth it. I think it's supposed to be that way. Yeah, I think so too. And he's only 23. Yeah, man. He, Romo's like 27, huh? Yeah. But who knows if that'll happen? Uh, apparently... All the all the analysts and stuff that are reporting who's going home have been saying that full he has no shot. He was already out the door, right? And so that's three. And then who else? It was uh God Kevin Alvarez. No, Kevin Alvarez is there. Has the backup for Jorge Sanchez. Um Bebote. Alright, Bebote. But yeah, the if those people go home, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. We'll see how they do against I think the big test is Suecia, Sweden. That's going to be tough. They beat them three. Uh, they lost to them, what, 3-0 in the last yeah. World Cup. They have a stacked team. They They're somehow everybody. They somehow didn't make it to the World Cup. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a Wafara game similar to Colombia. It's a good squad that just unfortunately didn't make it. But let's, let's put in the good players in. Let's see what they got. Let's see what you got. And let's see how you guys hold up against a good European squad. Right. But speaking of Wales, Gareth Bale, LAFC, champs, MLS final. They won it. So Gareth Bale scored uh, in the 128th 
Yeah, I thought it was yeah. on the extra time. My bad. Saying eighty nine. So Jack Elliott, the huge Englishman from Philadelphia, scored uh, in the eighty fifth, and then he got another. I believe it was a header in the one twenty fourth, and then four minutes later, Gareth Bale got up and scored a header over Jacob Glesnes, the center back for Philadelphia. Gareth Bale's pretty tall, but he's also got monster hops. Yeah. He's got that, like, Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, that bunny where you, like, suspend yourself in the air type hops. And scored a head over him, way over him on the jump. Like, yeah. cleared them. Tied it up. It was insane. Took him to penalties. Um, And then Maxime Cripo Bro. got a red card. Yeah, that was tough. And at the same time, he freaking destroyed his knee. Yep. His leg, I don't, it was, I think it was his leg. It was like his, uh, like shin area. I I missed it. And you know how they don't show injuries anymore. Like it was bad. It was bad. Yeah. He got taken out, right? Yeah. He got a red card and then he, yeah. And then he's out of the world cup as well. Yeah. That's the last time we were talking about how you needed to be the starter over Borja, right? Yeah. And now Borgian. And now he's not. No oh, chance at all. But then uh, the sub came in, and there's a cool story about the sub, right? The sub John goal- McCarthy. Goalkeeper John McCarthy. Um, well, when he came in, he had a good save against, uh, it was in the third goal, right? It was off of a corner. Uh, Philadelphia headed it in, and he had a good save. Yeah. And then the follow-up, that's when they scored. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, then Garrett Bale scored, and then they went to PKs, and in PKs he stopped all three goals. Yeah, he was he guessed them right, but he used to be the keeper for Philadelphia Union. So a little a little lay de los exes, la lay de los exes strikes again. Yeah, if if you see somebody on the other team that used to be on your team, man, it's over. Yeah, he stopped Daniel Gazdag, who's about to leave Philadelphia Union to go back to Europe. Um, oh, wow. He stopped Jose Andres Martinez, who's a pretty solid center mid, and then he stopped Kai Wagner's uh, PK. Philadelphia and, and didn't score a single PK? No. And then wow. th- uh, uh, after the first miss by Cristian Tello, then LAFC uh, Buwanga scored the first one, then Hollingshead, and then Ilya Sanchez scored the, the one to put him away. Wow. Then he went straight to the keeper. Celebrate. Yeah. I mean, dude, you're the sub. And you end he up stopping became, three in a row. He became MVP of the match. Most keeps the starter probably wouldn't have stopped one. Like who knows, right? But Bro, but have some faith on the homie Kerpo. <laughs> but I'm just saying the way that the way that stuff goes, right? Yeah. Like it's not late de los exes como dice. Yeah, dude. He came in late in the game and what a freaking what a wonder story for him to stop all three. It's wild. It's crazy. Much deserved. Shout out to him. Do you think LAFC can repeat? No. No, I don't think so. Especially because it's uh, there's so many teams in the MLS and the transfer window. There's just a lot of a lot of things that, that can change. It's not like Liga Mekis. You think so? So yeah. there's the the signing that's coming from for Portland from that team that's killing it in the Europa from Denmark. Oh, uh, midget. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, they're Sorry. not from Copenhagen, though. I can tell you that no. for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, what's his name? Everton, the Brazilian, name? right? Yeah, he he has an interesting story. Apparently, he was like a had a f- tough go at the beginning of his career, 
and is now leading Evander. Evander, and now he is leading the league, the Europa League in assists. The fees are on ten million. Evander's twenty four, and he would join in January, according to Tom Bogart. Yeah, that's crazy. Evander Federer, yeah, he's twenty four years old. There, the fee is around ten million. We said right, right. That's some that's some big cash right there. For a what is he a center mid? Well, they play with the three center mid type of vibe, so he kind of does work out the middle. But dude, yeah, th- I mean, this that seems can, like a good pickup, right? Yeah, I mean, for ten million is a lot of money, so it's not like a deal, right? Like a steal, but it could be a hidden gem that you find out of a great, out of a out of a great up and coming team, like some of the teams do with the players from like Zenny. So we'll see how that goes. A ver qué más. The Quakes rumors is that they want to bring in Jurado. Oh, I did see that. Uh, him uh, and New York City FC. Want him, yeah. Were, both of them were, were rumored. I don't see where the Quakes would fit him. They have JT. Yeah. and then Unless they, they get rid of JT unless, to, to get some cash. Right, unless they have a deal for JT. But I think... Um, JT's homegrown, right? JT is homegrown, which usually makes it a bit tougher to get rid to not get rid of uh, to to trade them away or sell them or anything to a domestic team. I don't I don't get where that's coming from. Like, yeah, I don't it, see it, when I saw that. It kind of reminded me of like what happened with Chofis and Fierro, where it's like, yeah, they're kind of like in decline and they need like a a new team where they can bounce back up. But I just don't see it working at the Quakes. It's just he's gonna come back, and if the Quakes don't get a good solid back line, he's just gonna get scored on, just yeah. like he did at Veracruz. Yeah. So I mean, I do, I do think he needs that bounce back right on a team. New York City FC would be crazy because they have a dope team. They made it all the way to what the semifinals. But I, I mean, sounds a two. If if they don't pick it up, he would be getting shot at a lot. That's what made him stand out at Veracruz, right? How many he stopped, even though he was the most scored on. But, um, yeah, I don't see it happening with San Jose mainly because they have a keeper. And then they have Emi Ochoa, like, kind of growing in the back, right? Yeah. So and then I don't know who's the second. second Matt Bersano. Matt Bersano. Andale. He's, they, um, he's on the list for the expansion draft for the oh, new St. Okay. Louis team. So this expansion so draft knows? is for St. Louis to pick out of and see yeah. what deals they can get. So the way that the expansion draft works is that – um, all the teams in the MLS, they they release players that they either um, they don't have in this quote unquote protected list, mm-hmm. meaning they're our best players, they're our favorite players, they are players that we're about to resign, they already have a contract or something. Um, they fall under this criteria that they are basically available, and then out of those players, St. Louis or whatever expansion team can go in to all those teams. And choose, I believe, one player out of each to build their team. Wow. Um, and uh, the way that you can get out of it is if your team in the previous year has uh, had a player that was selected in that same draft. So last year there was about five teams. Quakes weren't one of them. Uh, that uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Chose from. Uh, I think you can also get out of it through a trade directly with that team, 
like giving them the player that they want and then you can't be selected for another player. But yeah, I saw some household names on there. Tommy Thompson, Shay Salinas, but he retired. But he's still on the list because they can choose him and then if he wants to unretire. Oh, okay. But each team has about seven to ten players. Oh so okay. it's it it's uh it's weird how when that- you start when you look at the full list of players, mm-hmm. it's like full oh, fuck. Like <laughs> they have so many options that every team, goddamn, they're gonna like I wonder who. But they I mean, I could see them doing something like uh, Young Grey Goose, the center mid from the Quakes. Um, I could see them doing, uh, there's a cat, uh, Jack Skahan. Skahan, I was going to I can see him because he's good. Yeah. He's probably very cheap, inexpensive contract. And he just got to the Quakes, so who knows, maybe he liked living in the Midwest. It's crazy. It's, it's kind of weird how the MLS works, but yeah. I feel like overall it's been working for them. Oh, it's totally. They way they have they little, like niche. They have little intricacies. Yeah. That only the MLS would do, and it makes things interesting. It keeps things even, right? That's kind of the biggest thing on this league is like keeping things even and competitive. But yeah, we'll see how we'll see how that goes. The draft is tomorrow, Friday for the Louis. expansion draft for St. Louis. So we'll see how. So we'll, we'll see, see who they, they got. Take, right. Yes, sir. Let's move along, Cesar. EPL, my favorite topic of today, because Arsenal's still at the top. That's why, huh? Arsenal beat Chelsea, the London Derby, so you already know London's red. We're looking good. We're at the top. We're still clear of City. We're still two points ahead. Teams below are dropping points. Tottenham's dropping some points. Liverpool's still struggling to come back. They beat Tottenham two to one, Liverpool. Oh yeah, yeah, but they're still they're like a nineteen points. So Arsenal's at thirty four. Tell me about the team whose shirt you're wearing. Oh, today you guys, I got the I got the beautiful away Newcastle jersey. Sheesh. You already know who we got on the back. Who is it, Cesar? We got my boy Saint, Saint Maximin. Andale. I was going to say Almiron. I was like, no, wait. There's Saint no, it's not Almiron. Yeah, we got the boy, St. Maximin. Turn Is it he up. going with France? Nope. What? He got snubbed. That's also why Damn. I wore it. He got snubbed. But New- Newcastle's sitting pretty at third with 27 points. They're dope, man. Champions I mean, League bound. Yeah, they're they're playing they're playing really good soccer. Yo, their, stadiums, their stadium is full like every weekend. That money starting to reflect, man. The new money that's coming in. But did they really pick up many like names? Because they had no. St. Maximum before the new management, right? They have. The they've owners. been spending smart money. It hasn't been crazy money. That'll probably start coming soon, especially if they make Champions League. They're owned by the Saudis, right? Yeah, you already know if they make Champions League, they're gonna be freaking investing in that. Yeah, opening the checkbook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing I do want to ask you, uh, Leeds United, they did lose recently, but they have two two great wins. They beat they beat Liverpool uh, in the two one, and then they came back in that wild game versus Bournemouth. Four to three, four to three after being down three one, and both games that Somerville homie scored the game winner. Do you think Jesse Marsh can pull this off? Do you think he'll? stay at the helm here do you think he'll uh he'll make it to the end of the season 
what do you think what do you think will happen at Leeds? I think if he stays right now they're in twelfth place. So they got four wins, three ties, six losses. They have fifteen points so far. I think if he stays right around like eight or nine, ninth place, um, he'll stay on. They'll give him one more season. But if he falls close to relegation zone, like he's out. They can't I don't feel like Leeds don't Obviously, nobody wants to get relegated, but they spent all this money on these Americans over the the transfer season, over the summer. So if they didn't work, Jesse Marsh didn't work, and they're sitting right by the relegation zone, he's out. Yeah. I mean, two two wins in a row in the league, that's good for them. They hopped all the way up to 12th with 15 points, three points out of relegation. Man, the Wolves just can't catch a breakdown there, huh? They they did win in the third round of the Carabao Cup. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, this weekend I think they were beating Brighton, and then they ended up losing three to two. Yeah, they were up two to one, and then they ended up losing three two. They it's, just can't score. Yeah, they don't have they don't have the ability to fully, just kind of score on command. Like they have eight goals, all season. They've played more games in than, fourteen games. Yeah, that's rough. Scored. Twenty-two against minus fourteen difference. Yeah, it's it's tough for them. It's a little ugly. And if Raul Jimenez is healthy, I think maybe he can get him out. But that's the, the great thing about all these teams, right? Is that you get a month off. Yeah, but uh, if Raul Jimenez, let's say, goes to the World Cup. And then he gets re-injured during the World Cup. He's out for another one to two months because of the type yeah. of injury he has. I it's feel like Wolves is operating <laughs> like without Raul already. Like they're just like they, that fool's not even here. Who yeah. knows? There's a winter window, right? And there are rumors that he might go back to America. Yeah, and Wolves can get somebody else. Right, yeah. I mean, it might even be in their best interest if they can recoup some of the money that they paid for to send him to America for anywhere close to 10 mil. Yeah. Probably south of that. But if they can recoup some of that money for an injured player that might re-injure themselves but is a is a god in the eyes of America and send him back home, right, I could see them doing that, and then they can buy three three great young players. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens after this after the World Cup. crazy next month and a half, two months. Do you see Leeds or Jesse Marsh staying I, at the helm? Yeah, I think I think they'll I think they'll do pretty good cuz Rodrigo's been kind of injured. He should get some time to rest afterwards. I think they'll come rejuvenated. Hopefully Patrick Bamford can actually score afterwards. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I think they'll have some time to I think this break can only help the teams that are not doing so hot. Exactly, yeah. And I think that'll help them kind of get their shit together. I think it also helps Arsenal because some of the depth issues that they're having allows them to get healthy. But, yeah, teams like Liverpool, they should be a lot healthier by the time we get back. Looking pretty. Let's switch it on up to La Liga, Cesar. Pique, he had his last game at Camp Nou. Yes, he did pretty good. He got subbed out, got his applause. Yeah. And then midweek, he had his last game overall, and he didn't even get on the field. No. Nope. He got a red card at halftime for arguing with the refs. <laughs> <laughs> He's a 
<laughs> fucking jokester, man. That is jokes, man. Like, what are you doing? But no, I think Piquet had a great career. Um, he's been in a lot of podcasts lately, kind of retelling his story. That's what I, apparently that's kind of what the vibe's going to be, right? Just becoming businessman, mm-hmm. entrepreneurial, I don't know, podcast like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I could totally see him going that route, but what a, like, what a way to go. Yeah. Kind of like who, who are you going to say? Kind of like Shakira, you know, that status. No, sadly. going to be well known. Hopefully he becomes a rapper too. Like, Mom, like, like Salcedo? Salcedo. On the yeah, Salcedo becoming a rapper. If you no. haven't, look him up. Carlos Salcedo, rapper out of Ciudad Juarez. No, but Pique, yeah. Um, he went from Barcelona, La Masia. He went over to United. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, in one of his podcasts, he was even like, when I got offered the United contract, I went into Barcelona and told him, hey, give me a third of what United is offering me and I'll stay. Like, I want to stay here at mm. Barcelona. But at the time, Barcelona didn't really trust La Masia as much. Mm-hmm. So that's why he ended up leaving. Yeah, like, vete a la verga. Yeah. You prefer Shakira, too. But <laughs> yeah, the story is, is crazy. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. I haven't heard too much about it because I'm hashtag Team Shakira. Oh, there so you go. So I don't really want to. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's going to be interesting to hear what he's got to say. Um, I don't know if you saw in his interview uh, today or yesterday, he started criticizing the world of soccer, saying that he doesn't like the lack of excitement that oh, there is. I he doesn't, saw a little bit of it. He doesn't like certain rules that are there. And he says that certain things need to be changed up to make things fun, make things lively. I saw where he said uh, kids these days don't watch. He said his kids. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know he said his kids. But yeah, he said that they wouldn't even watch the full 90 minutes. That he, they'd just be, oh, they scored cool, and then go back on their phone. Yeah, to, to my understanding, he was referring to his kids. Oh, wow. That's and crazy. I was like, dog, you you get to see your kids? <laughs> no, says my boy. <laughs> I was like, when the last time you saw him, dog? But no, it's, it's interesting because FIFA had said something... They were just experimenting with stuff, and they said they were going to cut down uh, to, like, 80 minutes, halves, or, sorry, 80-minute total game, mm-hmm. and start and stopping the clock. That would be interesting. But I like that. I but don't know if I'd like that. I like how it is now. Stop making so many goddamn changes. Brother, you got to be. throughout the history, there has be, been changes in general. Don't be closed-minded. I'm not. You gotta be like, progressive. But like if you watch a game, game, you watch a game. This might be one of our first arguments on the pod, you guys. <laughs> if you watch the games, a team is up one zero that sucks compared to the other team. Uh huh. Twenty minutes of that game is spent wasting time. And what they're just saying is, when homeboy's walking instead of jogging for the ball, they're gonna stop the clock until the guy throws the ball in. That's that decentivizes that person to walk. You could walk, you could run, you could do whatever you want to catch your breath if you want, but it's not going to help you time-wise. And I really like that because apparently the big limit is the the TV broadcasting. Yeah. Right? Because 45s put you with the break right at time, two hours. Yeah. But if you do 80 minutes, then you can. the game will probably end at the 45 or the 40 of that hour 
and then you can give 10 to 15 of extra time of actual soccer time which would be cool but but then would that extra time be also start and stop or is that just like extra time and then would that extra time have extra time see that's what i'm saying like i like how it is now because it allows for all these nuances and intricacies and you know you play this is that's just how you play you play of course that's how you play César, but like you that. gotta you, like all these changes mind games man, will like, still be there teams can still get frustrated but it doesn't mean that the team that is gonna just waste the damn time away shouldn't get at some in some way or form penalized you can play the mind games brother if you want to kick the ball further away so that you have to go run for the ball that's fine but guess what? You're still going to suffer because you're going to still have the same exact time to have to defend against. I don't I, know. Somebody, if we had this exact same discussion because in my work chat, because shout out to the homies, they added that article to a mm-hmm. work chat and uh, somebody threw out the idea of yellow cards being a time penalty off of the field. Similar to high school, you got a yellow card, you have to come off, right? Mm-hmm. But you can sub somebody in. But like more like hockey, you get the yellow card, like a penalty in hockey, and you have to go into the penalty box for five minutes. And your team is one person down for those five. And it gets really exciting because like the team is just pressed up against their line and they're about to get scored on, right? And then uh, people get really excited because at the once the time's almost up, that player's getting ready to burst out there and to freaking break some fool, right? See, that uh, one sounds more interesting. That'd be interesting, right? Imagine... Uh, freaking Pepe gets a yellow card, and then uh, Portugal or Porto have a back three, uh-huh. and they're just getting hammered, hammered, hammered. And then Pepe's just fuming out, waiting to get in. Yeah, and then the time's up, and uh-huh. that fool just sprints beelines <laughs> straight for freaking, I don't know, Joao Felix yeah. or freaking Cristiano Ronaldo straight to the legs. Yeah, that'd be so freaking, yeah, that'd dope. be kind of that. See. I don't know. That that'd be better. I feel yeah, like yeah. FIFA, still, if you guys are listening, hire us. Let's get. We got ideas. <laughs> All right. Oh, the one thing from Barcelona, I do want to call out. Lewandowski got a red. Some conspiracy theorists. I don't know who. How was the red? Maybe it's did me. You see I don't it? know. I I I I did see, it, but I can't fucking remember it. But he he hit somebody and he got a straight red. I I did see him walking off the fields doing this, the like touching his nose, uh-huh. saying that the ref was like on He was on something. On yeah, on something. You like, know like touch, saying like you're on one, like gesturing that you're touching your nose means that you just hit a line or something. Yeah. Yeah. But like saying you're on drugs, that was not a red. Yeah. Okay. That was I not was like, a God, red. What the hell? On one, what the fuck? And I was like, bro, that's wild. But rumor has it. He was saving himself for the World Cup. That's the cap. That he subbed himself out, basically. What? That I don't know, dude. I'm just I'm just saying. That's what uh, the rumors are saying. Maybe I started them, maybe I didn't. I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, that was not me. But yeah, people were saying that he basically subbed himself out by getting a red. And putting his team getting down. himself ready for Mexico. Oh, I see. It, he Saw what happened to Sadio Mane. Alfonso Davies. Alfonso Davies. I was like, you know what? My team needs me. God. 
right? Oh, so we had a Mexican op trying to get him in one of these last few games. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Barcelona, their coach, their director técnico, el profe. La Chavineta. La Chavineta. Xavi had a pretty uh, poppin' interview about the draw for the Europa League. Um, Barcelona pulled Manchester United, which is one of the tougher teams in yeah, Europa, right? Tough, yeah. But, I mean, there are going to be tougher teams. All the ones that fell out of Champions League, Arsenal's there. Um, the, but he got Manchester United, who was in an, who got put into Europa because of an offseason, right? And they're kind of picking it up. Um, but yeah, he basically kind of sighed and said, we can't catch a break. Sorteos aren't our vibe. This shit sucks. Mom, come pick me up. You know? <laughs> Bas- sounding, yeah, not not usual Barcelona vibes, right? Like Barcelona is the... It's not like him to be making these... As a player, it never was, right? No. As a player, whatever team you put in front of him, he'll murder them, right? Yeah. And then uh, they were comparing it to a Luis Enrique interview when he was at Barcelona where they, they, he was having a rough time for a bit with Barcelona, and um, they had asked him about the sorteo, and he said, brother, you can't do anything about it. And he straight up said, we're going to go to whatever team we play against. If we go away first, we're going to go and win there. If we have to come back and play the second leg at our home, we're going to win there. And yeah. he's like, I'm not being cocky. That's how we set ourselves up. That exactly. is the strategy. That's the game plan. Right. Does it happen? Who knows? But the way that we the way that we practice, the way that we train, we're going to execute things. And if we execute them right, if the players do things right and things go our way, we're going to win the game. And yeah. he said, it doesn't matter who we play. And then he he ended up, the one thing that I did want to call it, he said, um, uh, he said, the same way that you're telling me, should I feel a certain way because I got a certain team? Should I feel bad? Like, should I feel like shit? Uh, he said, like, pobre el que, el que le tocó Barcelona. You imagine how the team's feeling that out of all the teams pulled Barcelona out of there. Good luck to them. Yeah. It I was just, like, damn, that's a different vibe than right now. Exactly. That to me, that those statements by Luis compared to Xavi is one is experienced coach and the other one is unexperienced coach under those circumstances, under those pressures. Because what Xavi is doing is he's sending the message to his own players saying, oh, well, now we have doubt that we're going to beat this team. Mm-hmm. It's like why set your team under that mentality? Yeah, dude. Compared to what Luis Enrique was saying, like he's preparing his team to be mentally ready, mentally prepared for that match. To me, that just speaks experience. And brother, you just you were just in the tougher tournament. Exactly. Come on, I uh, Aquiles, shout out Aquiles in the chat was mentioning that he did like that. This takes off some of the pressure from the team. I do think that's a good point. That it probably takes off some of the some of those eyes from the team to say like, oh, does Xavi have doubts or how is he doing? How is he struggling as a coach, right? Yeah. Versus like the team struggling, right? Uh, so I can definitely see that. But to your point, I don't think that gives the best image to the to the players either that are already um, having some struggles in Champions League, their first place in La Liga, they're killing in La Liga, Barcelona. Yeah, they're they're like two points clear of Real Madrid because Real Madrid lost against Rayo Vallecano. So that's why they celebrated like they won something against Osasuna. They yeah. did because they 
because they got the red card from Lewandowski and they ended up winning the game even though they were man down but that was yeah the memes were videos of Real Madrid winning the champions yeah. celebrating yeah. and then apparently Barcelona celebrating harder that they beat Osasuna right that was that was interesting those were the memes those were the meme vibes yeah no i Xavi needs to do better there in my opinion we'll see he gets a break he gets a month Gets to work with the players that are there, right? And uh, speaking of Lewandowski, Lewandowski getting a red card to save uh-huh. himself in a different realm. Right. In Paris. Uh-huh. There is a player that is also getting rested. In PSG over the weekend, Lionel Messi got a break. Yeah. And uh, he apparently has some Achilles issue that he's been dealing with. And, really? Yeah. So he didn't play the last game. And he was able to... Uh, get a rest game so he's basically got I a straight was, path into the world cup i thought that was under his contract though where he can ask for days before the world cup oh, so i'm sure he, he totally can but he was listed as having an achilles issue oh wow and so now Lionel messi has is coming well rested to the world cup he didn't have to expose himself like a lot of these players did he is gonna go in untouched as long as that is not an actual nagging injury he'll be good what I imagine myself is like Messi being like Vegeta in Dragon Ball Z. They got those like medicine machines, the big mm-hmm. balls. And he's just like in there with the mask, just like fully getting ready <laughs> to fuck up Mexico at the World Cup. Like Jeez. just to completely destroy Mexico. I, I hope not. These God. luxuries that the, some of these players have, man. He, uh, insane. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how ready he comes. We'll see Ten how, days. We'll see how ready Mexico comes. Yeah, 10, 10 days, days for before the, the World Cup. That's exciting. For the most man. exciting time in soccer. Yes, sir. Craziness about to ensue. So that's, that, but that's all that I had. That's, that's it, man. Let's call it a day. Muchísimas gracias a todos. Thank you all for listening. Shout us out. Hit us up. Join that Discord. Hit us up on social medias. Follow our TikTok. We just posted our yeah. first video. We just got our first video on TikTok directed by El Señor Cesar Spielberg. Expect some more videos on the way we got this y'all jump on the train hype us up we make this content for y'all thanks thank you peace